Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host, Patrick, from Pullstring Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Mark. I would love you to meet Diana Pereira from uh, the Impact Hub and from Balance Financial Management. Um, Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm happy to be here. It's a lovely morning outside, and uh, someone might be listening to this at some other time of year, so I'm learning to not say... <laughs> not give uh, weather reports. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would like to... Because it's, it's always nice here. It's it, Well, when you're here, Mark, it's always oh, nice Oh, gosh. See, go. that's why oh. he's... Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. So uh, I let our listener know that... Um, the Impact Hub is also a partner with TEDx Santa Barbara, and our listeners know that I'm very much the TEDx Santa Barbara guy. And uh, we have such a great relationship with you for the last three years. Um, that's We say it's our clubhouse. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have all of our team meetings there. We have volunteer meetings there. We do, um, we're gonna be doing salons this year. Um, do you know what a salon is? No, tell me a little bit more about it, but I'm ex <laughs> I'm really excited about our partnership. Um, I think it's essential for our community and to just be a part of, of really great things like that. So, so a, a TED event has, um, by design, a diverse nature of talks. So we have 15 talks that cover the gamut of things you could talk about. A salon allows us to dive into one topic. So what we're going to be doing over at the Chapala Center for 50 to 75 people, we will, in conjunction with Fielding Graduate University, we will curate um, three talks on a topic and then have a professor kind of lead us through a guided community discussion around that topic. Wow, it sounds fascinating. It's gonna be ab absolutely amazing. I can't wait, it's something new for us. Please make sure I'm one of the 75 that gets a seat. <laughs> yes, uh, well, we, we'll know how to do that. Now, the specific reason uh, we have you on the show, uh, Patrick, uh, we've talked about the spirit of entrepreneurship and, and we love these organizations that are celebrating um, and awarding this kind of initiative and passion and through uh, the hub and co-working spaces and incubators and all of that throughout the whole 805. But the spirit of entrepreneurship was started, I don't know, was it 15, 18 years ago? It's something like that. Kathy Feldman did it. Uh, my wife, Kimberly, uh, won the one of those awards. Mm. I think there's 11 categories. And so we, we partnered with them, 805 Conversations partnered with them and said, I want to have conversations with all of those women. And because uh, they're you're all amazing. And I remember specifically <laughs> filling out the application, the application to get her on the show to get Kimberly <laughs> nominated. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. We were at TED uh, up in Vancouver and it, it was extensive. Do you remember the application process? I do. It tell, took us, tell us about that. It was a little more than five minutes. <laughs> um, but it was spending time really talking about what you were doing, why you were doing it. Um, some of the hurdles, um, I guess really getting back to that why and mm. um, sort of the, the motivations and the results and the struggles 
Um, and then at the end of the day, what you would recommend to others after that learning and experience to be able to um, encourage other women um, and leaders in the community that hey, they can try for their dreams as well. And in the application process, in the selection process, it's done 100% out of the area. So the people who do the judging don't know the people. So they took politics and hmm. relationships and friendships off the table, uh, which was an interesting way for Kathy to do it because I think every small town, it's like, well, yeah, okay, let's, okay, she's <laughs> who's in. Whose turn is it this year? Who's your let's, buddy? Yeah, who's yeah, your buddy? Yeah. Uh, so so th th I think that adds to the, the importance of it. So um, that award, now which category was it? It was in... Uh, the green business, I believe. Got it. Um, and focused on uh, the Impact Hub and what we were doing in educating, uh, <clears throat> in educating and nurturing entrepreneurs and how they're doing business, and that they can think a little differently about how they're they're launching their company from day one. Um, in our workshops and education, um, being a role model, so it's not just the education, but we walk the walk. Um, of how to run a green business and you as you know. as you say that I have this imagination of like of of, of like that you're really like uh, I mean there's a lot of metaphors for this hot house and this incubator this idea of but like that idea of like you're really raising little entrepreneurs and like you know like yep. that nurturing and watering them every day and like and I'm like so is that a green thumb or what what <laughs> no, thumb no. would that which thumb what color thumb is associated with growing an entrepreneur up so it's funny when I first pitched this idea back in 2014 yep. And I think you were there, Mark. It's yep. the early, early conversations. And the way I describe it is that it was so important for Santa Barbara to have an impact hub so that we could be this fertile, growing ground. Mm -hmm. And those were the terms oh, that I used. Oh. But <clears throat> a place that we could actually grow entrepreneurs. Because what we had was a, a pretty good startup community. Yes. But, you know, isolated, moving around from place to place. There was no centralized location for everyone to really come together on a day-to-day -day basis. And so if we think about the way communities are built mm -hmm. um, within companies, it's the water cooler talk. Just being next to people on a day-to-day -day basis, getting the, the coffee, um, the water, the sitting having lunch together, hanging out in the patio. And now we have a location for everybody involved in the community to just be next to a, each other and organically have those conversations. And we're, we are growing really great companies, really great mm. companies. and. Um, what what are the give us some big ones from this year? Like what what have you what has emerged in the last I don't know a couple of years that you're that, that you've. Well, been I have some off? favorites. Yeah, that's what I want. Um, I want to hear your favorites. <laughs> I don't which, want to know about those ugly children. Which, I want which to hear of your children ones. do yeah. you love um, the most? Okay, so not in order of of love, but yeah, okay, uh, certainly. So there's a a company out of the Impact Hub um, called Cognition. They have a fabulous story. Uh, the founder used to be at Citrix. He participated in a startup weekend mm. with his idea, you know, 60 seconds, here's my pitch. His idea was not chosen. Mm. So we joined another team. That team's idea fell apart. So we put his back on the table and they ended up pitching his idea mm. <laughs> at the end. No kidding. Persistence. Persistence. Uh, it was called Smart Stones at the time. Smart oh. Stones. And oh. he's rebranded. So yeah. it was a an ex uh, a device where you would swipe or touch it, and somebody who couldn't speak could, through this device, communicate mm. assistance. Fascinating. And he left his job to launch this. Several years of struggling, trying to find funding for this idea, and unsuccessful. And organically, he managed, in a, waiting in a line for an event, meeting somebody who was right behind him who said, hey, what do you do? Mm. He described his company, and within, 
don't know, 48 hours, he had a million dollars. That's Andreas. Yes, and then he rebranded to Cognition, and what yep. they're doing now is they're focusing on a very large nonverbal community. Mm. It initially was elderly, but now it's um, those who have autism, cerebral palsy, who have had strokes, and moving from a device or a stone to an app, mm. and now in the R&D phase for a thought to speech and eye tracking. Wow. So he has a video, uh, I don't think it's confidential, but it's going to be published, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks, where there was a professor who, uh, uh, in linguist, uh, fluent in nine languages, very accomplished, and had a double stroke. All of a sudden, can't communicate, he's paralyzed. They put on one of Cognition's headsets mm -mm. with eye tracking. Huh. And he was able to, for the first time since his stroke, be able to actually lecture and give a talk. Wow. And uh, he was, I believe, up in Canada. And there's a video of him talking about this experience of not being able to communicate all of a sudden. Sure. And how his aide at the hospital or facility suggested that he try this cognition device and how it's just changed his ability to, to, to think again and to communicate. And to see him with this headset and he's doing the eye tracking saying, now I want to say this and now I want to say that. And then it verbalizes it. I was almost in tears. Done. Done. And I was like, Andreas, don't you cry every time <laughs> <laughs> this impact? Because here's a company that is a tech company. Um, so a, a very profitable business model. Hugely impactful. This is going to change the lives of so many people. So many people. In New York uh, State school district, there are 20,000 nonverbal autistic children. Not I, just autism, nonverbal autistic. Right. That's extreme. You're right. In one school system. Well, and the, and the revolutionary difference it can make to an individual family, just one, just one individual family. And, and, and you, need, you need reach no further than Stephen Hawking. You know, like, like there's, mm -hmm. there's a nonverbal person who changed the world because there was there was some ability to, yeah. to find the communication. I mean, it goes all the way. You can just keep going backwards, yeah. Helen Keller, and you you suddenly realize these people who seem to have nothing to say actually, yeah. you know. So that's a very small. That's a that's amazing. So that's, that's that's one. That's in our well, in our community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. Well, then we then. knew Andreas way way in the early days. Yes, so and, he's uh, been part of our community. You know that um, help me. I've fallen. I can't get up. That idea. Sure. So mm -hmm. that the, you wore the stone. And it was gesture based, so the way you touch the stone, left, right, around, circle, sure. all of that, would send messages to people that you wanted to communicate with. And that thinking about communication is what led to what the big idea is. Yes. Right. Well, but also sounds like, and he's not here, so we don't have to litigate his entire his <laughs> entire company. But um, he was willing to let go of this this initial like vision for how the thing would look as technology caught up to his needs and expectations and transferred to an app i think that's that's the other part i would i would lay at your feet and say that having him an impact hub and having him present at these events is what allowed him to not just be in that that inventor lock where you're just holding on to this well this is it's got to look like this and it's got to work like this and it's like well actually if if i expose you to a bunch of other people who have other technology you might find that you're going to change with it and then find some reward. Yeah, he has great advisors and a great team and he's open-minded and listens. Yeah. So. so I there's something about him that I don't think you know that connects and makes the world even smaller. <laughs> One of his investors is a guy named Feroz who was an Intel capital guy for his whole career. He lives in Dubai, works out of the Impact Hub in Dubai. 
and he wrote, he was an advisor to my company. Um, in fact, he probably still has shares in my company. <laughs> and uh, he wrote and he said, do you know this company? And I said, oh yes. And it's so like uh, literally around the world. I love that. The, the other company I want you to talk about is Balance Financial, which is your company, um, which is when you said walk the walk, I instantly thought your incubating your new business because you've been you're an attorney is this right yeah, so um actually my other business is um was prehub so i launched yes. it in 2009 yes and we are the backbone or the oxygen to startups and nonprofits. Oh. so my sort of background in incubating and supporting companies kind of goes back quite far um <clears throat> many of the of the before i launched balance i was with other companies that their purpose was launching either clean tech companies or investing in startups. So having had that experience when I launched Balance, the focus was I see these companies, both startups and nonprofits, struggling to, to launch their idea, but they're, they're missing some of the backbone. So entrepreneurs tend to have an idea and they have their product <laughs> and they know it works. But they're not legal experts. They're not tech experts. They're not finance experts. They spent their entire career to that point getting to be the expert on whatever this, yeah. you know, innovation is. And they don't know what they don't know many times. <laughs> and so they just forge ahead and they miss all these pieces. And then they end up in trouble or they can't produce financial statements or their financial statements are wrong. Mm -hmm. And they don't know that they're wrong. And so Repeat that line, the backbone. Because you've said that before. Say that again. Yeah. So um, we are the, the backbone to startups and nonprofits. Got it. Um, I, I consider that uh, we are sort of the oxygen of the company. Yep. Transparent. Sometimes it's taken for granted. Mm -hmm. But without it, you mm -hmm. um, eventually collapse. And so I've mm. been doing that uh, for a long time. You said oxygen. And I, and I immediately thought, oh, the oxygen inside of the equation for fire. Uh, which sure. is spark sure, sure, spark sure, sure, fuel sure. you know and yep. like and you yep. know and that's it, good too <laughs> yeah yeah heat you know yeah so I, I was like oh oxygen yeah yeah you would have to yeah those that makes it that's a that's a wonderful analogy one of the three <laughs> essential ingredients like yeah. we, we talk about um the spark within was the theme of tedx 2020 which is what when that spark hits and and you're around entrepreneurs and you're mm -hmm. in the startup environment and you you can see it in them and they just yes. go tink now, if they don't have the oxygen and they don't have the fuel, they have the spark, they don't have those other two things, they're not going to survive. So, yeah. wait, wait, you, but th that's a very nice statement. I, and I have to jump in because you, we're glossing over a very significant point here. You're a lawyer. Also. Where, but so then, so as you say also, so <laughs> where does the like concept of doing finance come from? Well, finance is my, my background. I've been doing payroll and accounting since I was 11 for my parents. <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah, see, there. I was, look, I was looking, I was looking for the root of, of like, that's that finance is not just like, a, oh, well, you know, I also know how to, you know, garden. It's like, you know, oh, I also know <laughs> no, how to finance. Finance is, is my is my, my backbone. That's what I've done my okay. entire life. I've been a CFO for over 15 years. So the legal is actually uh, just an overlay. It was a second, uh, sort of a second career. I was CFO at a, a clean tech company and having to review NDAs and file provisional patents, and I thought, wait a minute, this is outside my wheelhouse. Let's get a new wheelhouse. And my boss at the time said, well, just go take a class. There's <laughs> a, local, a local law school in yeah, town. Yeah, that'll happen. And I thought, okay, I'll take a class on contracts. Oh, no. Well, you can't just take a class on no, contracts. Yeah. However, contracts is in year one 
Yeah. And I thought, I'll enroll. I'll take the first year. Oh, and, and, then, just, and then just and drop bounce. out. Yeah. 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 I'll have the information and I'll be good. However, yeah. I fell working? in love with it oh. because the legal mind is really different than the accounting mind, which is one plus one always equals two. Right. In the legal world, one plus one does not equal two. I could convince you it might. <laughs> and it's all about the precedence and the rules and interpretation yes. to come mm. up yes. with the best business mm. judgment or business path. It's almost the opposite. It's very, very intellectually stimulating. Ah. And what you learn in contracts is not really how you utilize contracts on a day-to-day basis. It's the, the, the theory and the precedence around it. So not something I could just take back and now start drafting contracts. I'm constantly surprised by, or, or, or I have to have this shifting perspective of what I thought the law was growing up and how I thought lawyers behaved growing up. Because, you know, I grew up watching Perry Mason, you know, <laughs> like, like on my sick days. Like this was, oh, this is how the law works. Like, I under, like there, are, there is right and there is wrong. And, and, and all you have to do is you have to find the one thing that, that demonstrates that you're right. And that's not it at all. No. And that's not. And I, and I, as I, he, every time I meet a lawyer, I get this new, um, evolved understanding of, of the way. And you're like, Oh, you law and finance. Well, why, why would a lawyer be involved in fine? And you're like, Oh, the contracts that, you know, all the yeah. other uh, elements to it. So I found it really beneficial to have that knowledge to be able to deploy when I'm working with startups and helping mm them talk about partnerships and how they might structure their company. It's invaluable. Now, um, when I went through law school, I thought, oh, I'll sit for the bar, and if I pass, great. If I don't, so be it. Um, yeah. I did pass my first try. Congratulations. So well done. That was good. However, my intent was never to actually become an attorney. To practice law, so sure. I use the knowledge, but I outsource everything. I have a great attorney that I work with, um, Mike Fow, and he does. Mike's the best. He's the best of the best. And, but I have that, I know how to structure things when I give it to him. Mm. You know, we can mm-hmm. minimize the, the time involved and I can have really meaningful conversations on the startup side to say, here's how we can be creative. And if we can envision it, there's probably a way that we can put it on paper and make this happen so that everybody's happy and we have this, the right results mm-hmm. in the partnership and for the growth of the company. And um, it's, it's really added a, a value to just the finance side of the business to where we started with balance as financial management and it has grown into, we actually are business managers in that we can kind of help in that entire backbone in ways that um, very few others can. Several questions. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, no, it's fine. That's the, this is it's what- better this, than the alternative. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I don't have anything and, to say about and, that. And we're done, thank you, that's our show. Uh, We've had, um, I remember we had the CFO for uh, Blue Microphones. Um, They make the Yeti microphones there out of Westlake Village. And he was talking about the partnership, to to view the CFO as a partner in the C-suite. Oh, absolutely. Not the, um, my experience was, no, that's the person who you went to when they were going to say, no, no, I'm not going to give you the money to do that project or whatever it was. But that strategically, that's like such a key role and so park that in for a second is what you and then there's these other businesses where it's kind of a cfo as you need them kind of just in time cfo Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the uber deal it's like i don't need a cfo all the time but i need someone i can go to to help Mm -hmm. us through you know you don't need them every day is that the kind of service you do or are you like on retainer so um I prefer to be the backbone of the company 
rather than just the CFO for hire. Okay. So if someone needs just an hour or so a month just for the CFO consulting, I'm probably yep. not the right fit. Because okay, got it. What I what's important to me and for my team is that we really want to be engaged and be part of the growth of the companies we work with versus just some ad hoc consulting here and there. Mm. And so we step in and and almost live vicariously through these companies. Got and it. so we're, we're part of their growth, we're part of the strategy, and yes, it's structured um, sometimes on a retainer base, but really based on, on the growth of the company and what's needed. So yes, many small companies don't need full-time CFOs. So the way that we have the structure is that they probably only need 5% time of CFO, but they still need a time of some controller, some data entry, some administrative, right, right, and so right. in, in the HR and the payroll to make sure that all the backbone is really tight and they have the CFO, so they have the entire the entire backbone, but they still get that CFO as well to help on the strategy when, when needed, to present at their board meetings, to make sure that the strategy and their budget is in aligned with where they want to go, and that it's all, it's all tied out at the end of the day to actually deliver the results. So that we're focused on metrics that matter, not just financials. Um, we don't produce a traditional P&L and balance sheet, I mean, we, we do that as well, but we really try and focus on what are the KPIs that are gonna grow your business? What numbers do you need to look at to, so that you within a snapshot can say, yes, I got my pulse in the business, we're doing well, versus the number looks like we're positive, but is that good or bad? Is there a benchmark to that to compare it to? And without a comparison, you don't really know how to interpret those numbers because those numbers tell a story. Yep. And storytelling is, is powerful when it comes to the, the business. And so we try and take the numbers and tell a story. Um, with that through dashboards and other another means um, and I think that's uh, uh, we can produce more value that way than just every now and then having an hour conversation as a CFO mm. um, consultant so how so speaking as, as the the husband of a, of a small business owner uh, of, of uh, how do you as a as a business when do you know that you've arrived at a place that that you need to make the phone call to balance like how do you when you mm -hmm. when you're talking to somebody who owns a business what are the metrics that you're looking for to say, oh, we, we need to at this point, you know, step in and provide this level of service? So um, it depends on where you want to go as a company. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. my my mom has been self, my parents were both self-employed um, for their whole careers. And my mom had a small business. It was a gift shop. Oddly enough. Doesn't I, seem like there'd be a lot of revenue in that. Seems there like there isn't. Straightforward. It, yeah. And so I never actually stepped in and worked with her on it. She had her business. She had her shoebox at the end of the year that she gave to her oh, CPA. Yeah, yeah. Very traditional small business. Yeah. Um, she had no vision of growing the company. She just wanted a small business that kind of paid her bills every year. Sure. She was very happy with so that. many of those. There's so there's, many of those. There's out there. many many of those. Yeah. So I'm not really needed at that point. You just need a bookkeeper. You need to make sure you've got you know mostly accurate numbers, but you need to make sure your your bills are covered. I'm stepping in when. You want to double and triple growth. You actually want to Open expand mm -hmm. and and achieve something more than just paying your bills. Mm. And that's where it's helpful that we come in on day one to structure everything. Because what happens is you start, and then two years later, three years later, it's like, okay, I think we have an opportunity. But now you don't have your data for the p prior three years sure. to be able to analyze it. Yeah. And so I've got a few companies that I've worked with that are really small. I mean, really small. They've got five or ten checks. Um, so it's almost not worth my time. However, it is worth my time because I know what their vision is. And so I sp we spend a little bit of time going, here's what the structure should be. 
here's how we should track everything so that a year down the road you can look back and say, oh, here's what worked, here's what didn't, I've got the metrics, There maybe it's small volume, but you can at least now have a history of accurate data that links to your vision to then make some decisions versus just not so, having that and starting from scratch almost three years later when now you realize you have a good business model. So clearly you just want to participate in businesses for profit. You're not really interested in like, <laughs> Clear, Clearly you, you're just, you get up every day and it's just math. You don't really care, right? Oh, I love the companies. I mean, like Cognition is, is one of my favorites because I get to be their backbone. Yeah. Um, Kai Bay, another awesome company. I get to be their backbone. We've got some great nonprofits, family service agency. Um, they've tripled in size since we've been working with them. So we can take a nonprofit stabilize them, help them grow and be that backbone. So mm -hmm. when they want to pursue bigger and better things, we're there to support it. Um, so incredible case studies of what we can do when we're um, LinkedIn. And every time we kind of complete a month in close or complete a reconciliation or present to the board and I can see their growth, I get to feel like yeah, I was sure. part of their impact. It's, it's clear kind that of, might be the real paycheck you're in for there. And, and my whole team is like that. My business yeah. partner, Jamie, is the same way. It's like, we could go and get jobs and probably make more money at a big tech company doing what we do. We're good at it, but we feel really good every day yeah. about what we're doing. And that impact is sort of embedded in our DNA and in the people that we hire because we want to make an impact in our companies. So I have to, oh, impact, impact hub, get it? Cross branding. Uh, <laughs> Got to get yeah. that brand out. I, uh, we were with one of our clients at the impact hub last night who's here from uh, Norway and because that's where we have all of our meetings when we have a you know we it's just the perfect environment it's it our just soho sets house. the tone it, it is it is our <laughs> soho house thank you mm -hmm. uh without having to deal with the annoying bands that are playing while you're trying to have a business meeting <laughs> so just saying um <laughs> listen here soho house yes <laughs> tell you uh, what though the soho house in malibu is awesome uh <laughs> the it, what was interesting was i went you have the corner office at the, the impact hub in the funk zone, mm -hmm. which is a, a spectacular location because it's glass and it's a beautiful brick building. But you walk in there and there's, it's not big, but the, there's a desk, it's not a desk, it's a, a desktop that goes all the way around the perimeter of the mm. inside of the building. And it's full of people all standing up working. Uh, including you, so you don't have a this, you know, the CFO. There's you, no hierarchy. Zero, <laughs> zero. You're all team. standing. I um, believe. I believe in teams like like there's no tomorrow, and 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 the higher we, we're a team. And I guess one thing I learned early on, kind of working at other companies, particularly in the investment world, is there were these hierarchies. Yeah, the some, some to fight for. Well, fi filing clerk was way down here. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. said hi to them. Maybe yeah. you didn't. And then yeah. you were elevated and executive management was here. So you got the bigger desk. And yeah. that just made me sick to my stomach every single day. <laughs> and I ended up leaving um, a position over that because not because I was treated bad. I was a CFO. But because the filing clerk and the admin staff were not treated well. And right. I didn't think that was right. How could they um, want to go to work? How could they want to get up and, and, and do the best job? Yeah. Uh, that they had in them mm -hmm. if if the you know it's like it doesn't matter i'm i'm still down here i'm still yeah. unacknowledged and one of the major things in 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 life and and um and kind of work is people that have to go to work to punch a clock mm -hmm. because they need that to survive versus getting up every day and being passionate about what they're doing feeling you know? like you're contributing having and, a contribution and i think being an employer that you have a responsibility to to individuals that are that are helping you build your company mm. but they all have families to take care mm -hmm. of 
And I want to know that my team is well taken care of. They're passionate about what they're doing. They're happy every day. They want to come to work and that they can take care of their families with health insurance and anything that they need without feeling like they're not going to make it. Mm. That's really, really important to me and in the companies that, that I choose to work with, that they need to have those same values. Um, I had a, a, a prospect meeting one day and they mentioned not having vacation pay. Ah, and huh. I, I Odd choice. oddly enough, um, flipped out yeah. during, during this pre-meeting. <laughs> they weren't even a client yet. And I just said, well, that just doesn't work for me because you have to take care of your people. Yeah. And he, he was How a little bit, go? he was a little thrown back. He's like, well, no, 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 no. It's not like that. People have sort of unlimited, they can take vacation whenever they want. Flipped it. He flipped it. He's like, we don't oh, okay. track it because I don't want to track it. I want people to be free. And I'm like, okay, oh. that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> okay, you're good. Yeah. But it was so strong that I just instantly had a reaction. That would be a deal breaker. That's and a lot. I will not fast. take them as a client. Yeah. I'm not willing to promote that. Go hire somebody else. It's great. I need to feel aligned with with the companies I'm building. So, back at the Impact Hub, you have there's two locations. So you talked about being the backbone. So you're. I'm going to guess you're the backbone of the finances for the hub? Well, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who else would I try I mean, to? I, <laughs> I don't want to assume anything because uh, yeah. I'll get in trouble. I mean, that uh, was the, so when I built the financial model for the Impact Hub, I built it the way, the same way I do for mm. the other companies, for Balance and for the companies that I work with. So, and I think that's one of the reasons we're successful is that I had that business model and structure built in on you're, day one. You're wildly successful. We are wildly successful. Yes. I would agree. Yeah. No, very, very much so. Uh, it, it's... Uh, that whole idea you said of structuring it around the water cooler, so to yes. speak, but it's really around the kombucha tap. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's our water. So California. Oh, oh, no, it was great. So we have a client in from Oslo, and I said, oh, can I get you some uh, kombucha? It's on tap. She's like, what? I said, yeah, come on, we're coastal elites. That's how we roll. <laughs> so um, what is the, what's next for the hub? Because I know you're bursting at the seams at the downtown location. It's such a great environment to work. I mean, I, I just love going there. And then the funk zone is completely packed. And you have the Chapala Center, <coughs> which is really the event Macy's. space. <coughs> Macy's. <coughs> That's already taken. <coughs> already taken. <coughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Our listeners in the other 41 countries are wondering what the heck that was. But Nordstrom's. <laughs> Nordstrom's. <coughs> so there's some big properties around. Do you have your, mm -hmm. I mean, without... So growth is going to continue. It's just inevitable. So naturally, um, of course. I mean, there is a, there's a huge demand for this, and that was something that I knew way back when, and yeah. I'm, I'm just personally validated and excited that it's all sort of really happening. Yeah. And um, so there's a lot of more potential growth. So the decision-making is, do we grow organically, kind of on our own? So there's different ways that companies can grow. We take our own profits, we reinvest, and we grow slowly, or outside capital comes in for more rapid expansion. And we are still kind of in the early stages where outside capital is still, do I really want to continue this? And, 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 and even though we see it wildly successful, it's still really only been a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So there are some... Um, you do this mass expansion right at the moment when you're like, oh, we, we maybe should have just rode that, <laughs> stayed, stayed in that comfortable um, place. So outside capital is, is not quite ready to no. put large amounts in, despite the fact that we're re really successful. Um, we do have a, a major backer that is willing to support. Um, Who so we can mention? Sure. I mean, Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul Orfala uh, stepped in because 
the hub was on shaky grounds, you know, because I so was when, around the very beginning, when right? We, yeah, when we were out um, pitching this, yep. everybody thought I was crazy. Hmm. Yep. We had big mm-hmm. meetings, and I'm like, this is the idea and the vision. And Co-workspaces can't make like, money. They're like, there's no, it can't make money. Yeah. Um, crazy ideal. You'll never be able to find location um, yeah. in Santa Barbara. Well, it's too market, expensive. Yeah. It'll never be profitable, and nobody wants to work in a shared space. Right. Everybody wants their own brick and, and mortar. And nobody <laughs> believed in this, and... Um, uh, when we met with Paul, he looked at this and said, this is a great business model. And mm. I said, yeah, it, it's a good one. And he's like, no, no, this is a great business model. Wow. And he believed in it, and nobody else did. I think it lines up with Paul's history perfectly. I mean, he provided, instead of ha- everybody having their own copy machine in your business, yeah. let's all share a copy machine, right? I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. being a little facetious, but you M- know. Maybe, so just uh, for background, because yeah. we do have listeners, I'm not kidding, in 42 countries yeah. who may not know who Paul Orfila is. So Paul Orfila founded Kinko's, which became the number one copy center where people would come and make copies and prints and posters. Run a was... business with, with technology that they couldn't themselves afford. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, I mean, it yeah. lines up perfectly Absolutely. with Impact Hub to say like, you you know, you're placing, it's all about positioning yourself. I mean, how many deals, he could probably, the list is in, insane, how many deals were made next to copiers oh, side absolutely. by side. Right? <laughs> right. Hey, what are, you, what are you printing out there? That looks good. I personally spent many a long night yeah. um, in Kinko's, and I was really sad when they uh, were acquired by FedEx and they changed the name because yeah. I still call it Kinko's. I can't call it FedEx Copy House. Yeah. It just doesn't roll off the tongue quite no. as nice. No. Um, I told Paul... <clears throat> I think I told him about a year ago when he was involved, I saw he was involved in the hub, that when I was a chef at off-campus food service at UCSB, I had taken all the recipe cards, I had five boxes of U.S. Army recipe cards that we used, mm-hmm. and I took them to him when he was at his first print shop in Isla Vista, and they turned them into five bound books so that we would have all of our recipes, and it, it was hilarious. Nice full circle with him. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's big plans. Stay tuned Stay for tuned. that. Uh, there's one of the things I love about the hub is that <clears throat> there are events all the time. So people should check out the Impact Hub's website, Impact Hub SB, I believe. Impact Hub All the events are listed there. Um, uh, Way you know months in advance, but there's weekly events, mornings, evenings, afternoons, cool. wellness, education, uh, just a lot of diversity. So we do um, Kimberly, uh, strategic samurai. People know about Kimberly on this show. Uh, we do speaking workshops uh, once a quarter. I think she comes in and talks, and I've, I've been at all of those. Are super great. We did an improv at work workshop over at the Chapala Center, which was great. We're going to do that. Went so well. We're going to do that. Even awesome. more. Um, so we love all of that. I know you do improv Mondays with Amy. Uh, she does an improv at lunch thing, which is super fun. And then how do we get a hold of Balance Financial? Uh, we are at balancefm for financialmanagement.com. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Nice website. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, that's probably the best way by email. Um, also, our phone number is 805-618-3125. can always ask for Diana. Um, and... We love growing companies. We really love growing companies. Oh, is that the title of our show? I don't know why you would reach for anything else. Yeah. And I, I will say with Balance, our, our sort of brand premise is that business is about people. And that's how we started nine years ago. That it's not just about the numbers at the end of the day. But we, we build a business around people. And that's in every, every document that we, that we publish or distribute. Um, we have that line on it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want people to forget that 
when you're running a business and you're making decisions about numbers, there's actually people linked to all of that. And that's really important. We used to, because I'm from the arts, and so in the arts we would always talk about like, well, we're not, you know, we're not working at a bullet factory today. Like there's, you know, there's this real like choice between, you know, it's a choice between jobs, right? Like you can get paid to, to, to do this job or you can get paid the exact same amount to do this job. And so I had a 15-year-old friend once who said uh, something about uh, working at a discount clothing store. And she's like, went in there. Those people were so depressed. And they're making the same minimum wage as people who are, like, renting surfboards. Like, <laughs> why would you? Why would you pick? If you're going to make minimum wage, why would you do it in an oppressive, terrible place? Go rent surfboards. It's like, oh, that's, that's, that's profound for a 15-year-old. It is. Yeah. I think that the We Love Growing Companies is applicable for both of your ventures. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, it's it's things that I've started. That's what you do. And probably my next venture will be linked to that as well. Yeah, no doubt. So. Thank you so much. Congratulations for winning that SOE award. Thank you very much. Uh, that, was, that was great. And uh, we'll see you at the Hub. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much for today. Bye-bye. And <laughs> you're looking at me because like, I'm so... Mark's never done... <laughs> Why don't you get your folder out? Mark has an entire outro that he needs to read now. Because, <laughs> well, I, we solved our title. Yeah, good work. Uh, because, and I'm thinking, yep, we're great. Rusty and much? Is that what it is? Rusty much, yes. Mark, so, Mark, well, Kurt, you know what? This is this is an okay time to mention. Mark does nine other podcasts across the platform. I, I heard about that just on the way to with coffee. <laughs> yeah, and so um, every podcast ends a little bit differently, but this is his flagship. Yes, it is. <laughs> So, Diana, I want to thank you so much. And uh, people can get you at, we've, we heard Impact Hub SB, and then we heard Balance FM. So we've got that. We'll have that in the show notes. And our title, which I love because our listener likes waiting to the end, uh, give you the chance to name the title, which you did, which is We Love Growing Companies. That's going to be, that's going to show up great. Like if I'm Googling how to grow my company, this show will show up. I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press. If you're interested in producing a podcast, because yeah. we're at nine, why we should do a tenth one, I think. Don't you think, Patrick? I, we've already got we've got two more in the in, in pre production, so for sure. Yeah, yeah. we should we we're, should get we're it's there is this idea of conversational content is absolutely uh, something you should be thinking about. Get it on the record. It, it expands the footprint of your company. It's an opportunity to uh, give a really passive thing that can just sit there but also explode minds uh, when they log in and download and add it to their commute. Uh, there is no, no better way to explain who and what you do and how committed you are to your company uh, than to have a podcast that just sits there that you can point at and say, you want to know more about us? Here it is. Take a listen. You know, there's another really interesting benefit, which is uh, because it's conversational content, uh, we've, we don't have to go write anything. We take the transcript. So of one of our shows, he took all the transcripts from this first series, turned it into an ebook. Mm, smart. Just bam, he has all of that. So, um, Patrick, how could the listener who stayed to the very end <laughs> here and listened to us go on and on? Yeah. Uh, and it, they're chuckling right now because I. There's uh, only one, and his name's Alan. But, his uh, name's Alan. Hey, Alan. <laughs> But uh, the way that they could help us the most right now is to uh, is to literally go back in there. If you've listened to all 194 episodes yes, that are it, online, yep, 
uh, and you haven't ever reviewed us. Uh-oh. You haven't ever given us any stars. You oh. haven't ever told the rest of the world uh, that you are that person who's listened to all 194 episodes. Alan. Alan. Uh, feel free to uh, to make this be the change. This is the day when you get to decide to be the one who uh, puts the stamp of approval on this show and uh, write us a review. Uh, it means the world to us, uh, and we'll invite you to Thanksgiving probably. Oh, I love that. We'll have a big Thanksgiving <laughs> for all the people that gave us five review. stars. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear from you if you've got questions or, more importantly, if you have an idea for a guest for the show. That's how we get all of our guests. Uh, drop me a line, mark at 805connect.com. Thank you so much. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. 